Uh, my name is DJ Iverson. I'm the associate pastor here at New Vintage Church. Uh, I get the joy of bringing the message to you today. Uh, we're going to be parked in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 uh, through 47. So if you want to open up your Bibles there, or if uh, you're really cool and you have the Bible app on your phone, uh, you just open the Bible app, go to More Events, and it's uh, New Vintage Church, How to Change the World, week 3. And uh, you can follow along, take notes there. Uh, I'm excited about this passage. This is one of those passages that I heard like a hundred times growing up and uh, thought I knew pretty well. And uh, one of the beautiful things about God's Word, and one of the reasons that I feel like it's important for us to be dedicated to, to not just reading the Bible, but reading the Bible constantly and over and over is, um, this is one of those passages that, that speaks to me differently every time I read it. And offers up new insights every time we go through. And a few years ago, it offered up a really big insight and really changed my heart on the way that I viewed our church gatherings and our church community. And so I want to share that with you today. I think this is a powerful scripture. I think this is a scripture that um, it's just long enough where it doesn't fit on like shiplap, where you can like hand paint it and sell it at Hobby Lobby. Um, so it's not like the most popular scripture in the world, but this is one of those scriptures they like build church conferences around, or, or people have written books about just the scripture, or I know a couple guys who their whole career is based off of trying to put this passage into action uh, by, with different measures of success there. Uh, but it's a pretty powerful scripture. It's Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And let's dive right into the word here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so we're going to take a look at this passage from a few different viewpoints today. And the first viewpoint I want to take a look at uh, kind of lens that we want to look at this passage today is kind of through our culture. Our culture looks at this passage and says, I like what we see there. There's a lot of good things that we could pull from this and try and replicate. There's, there's, some, there's a couple of things I like in this that I would like to have in my life. We, we all know that we're supposed to be in community with each other. E even the most introverted, introverted of folks, uh, it hurts me just to say the word, uh, even our most introverted people know that at some point there's a need for community. And th this goes back to Genesis when, when God said it, it wasn't good for man to be alone. We, we were created to be in some type of community together. And, and so we create gatherings together. And, and the culture tries to replicate this. And the problem with the replica is, it's a replica. Um, some of you guys may know I'm a Padres fan. 
Uh, huge surprise, huge shocker for some of you guys. Um, I was at the uniform unveiling when they changed their colors to brown and gold uh, a couple months ago, and there's like 20,000 people there for a fashion show. I'll call it what it is. It was a fashion show. I went to a fashion show. Um, and, you know, for 10 years at least, you know, Padre fans have been crying out, hey, we got to change our colors. We need something that's uniquely us, whatever. Padres finally do it. It looks great. Go to buy a jersey, and there's like 100 on sale. And uh, they're all three, the $350, like, brand-new Nike jerseys, like the authentic, like, what they wear on the field. So Padres kind of blew it on that. And what happened was the fan base said, well, there's this website here. Uh, it, it, they make, like, Chinese knockoffs for 20 bucks, and, and they're pretty good. I mean, they're not the real thing. I'm, some of you are laughing. I know some people in here have them. I do. Um, I got mine in a couple days ago, and it's not really Nike. It has a Nike label on it, but the swoosh is kind of bent. Um, the fryer, I think, is cross-eyed on the logo. Um, I saw one online, you know, <laughs> across the front of the shirt, it, you know, it's supposed to say Padres. It said Reese Pod. Um, kind of unique. I'd wear that one with pride. That's funny. Um, but they're replicas. And you can tell they're replicas. You know, you, they look good for the most part. But deep down, you can tell it's a replica. And, and if you're like me, and $350 for a jersey, eh, $20 for a Chinese knockoff, and you might get one that said Respod, go for it. <laughs> um, so our, our culture likes to replicate things. We see something successful. We see something we like. Okay, what's the formula there? What, what can we do to take this and, and move this over here? And we do this with a lot of things. Uh, we do this with sport teams, or with, with our sporting teams, right? We say, okay, um, I like being in community with people. We like celebrating. Let's all get together and we'll all go tailgate before a game. Or, or, or we'll all go join some festivities uh, after a game or so forth. Or, or we, we build community around sports teams. Um, we build community. We build our gatherings around our interests or hobbies. Right? Hey, we're going to spend time with uh, the other family from uh, Little League practice or dance practice or theater practice or whatever. And, and we're going to build some community around that and we're going to build our gatherings around that because, well, we know th these gatherings are good and, and they can meet some needs and they're, they're fun. We can build these gatherings around, uh, we can build our community around trying to legislate things into existence. We see something from the Acts Church and we say, we really like that. Let's try and legislate that into existence. Let's make that the law. There's other good things we do. I, I think one of the passages that's really popular for our culture to attach to is you know, the passage where it says, you know, we sold everything and we shared everything, had everything in common. And like, I like this idea of you know, pulling resources to help each other out. And I think there's some good things out there that come from that. Um, how many of you guys have ever participated in a GoFundMe campaign? Right? For, uh, GoFundMe is an awesome platform with, with a great idea behind it. Uh, sometimes people need help. And it's a platform where uh, you can rally money together for people and, 
and help them in, in times of need. I think the first GoFundMe campaign um, I ever gave to um, was a friend from college um, who was diagnosed with cancer right after losing their job. And, uh, and so we got our college community together and I think we raised like $10,000 uh, for his family uh, in a time of need and, and it's good. There, there's good that can come from these things. There's, there's good that can come from um, rallying around a sports team or rallying around your kid's soccer team or, or your kid's play in theater. But, but we have to understand that these are replicas and at some point they fall short of what we see here in Acts 2. Things get distorted. Things don't last. We rally around sports teams. I, I've got friends and family that their, their church time on Sundays for years were heading out early and tailgating before a Chargers game. Ouch, right? What do we do now? They're not even loyal to their best quarterback of all time. And here we've built lives around this. It falls short. Um, I was talking with a friend this week who, you know, his, his best friends for the past better part of a decade have been the parents he's coached with. And now that his kids aren't playing ball anymore, they don't see each other very much. The connection's gone. Uh, interest in hobbies change. Uh, imagine being the last standing fan of ska music from your high school crew. <laughs> Showing up to ska shows in the early 2000s and I'm the only guy in the crowd. Things change, interests change. If you want to start a fun fight, if you've got a lot of free time you feel like wasting online uh, and you feel like blowing up your notifications, uh, put out a post about um, how to legislate goodness into law and uh, watch the comments come in. I'm sure you'll make a lot of friends. <laughs> or you'll punch somebody. Or your computer screen. Uh, it's all fun stuff. E even GoFundMe. You know, GoFundMe start out as this beautiful thing, and, and people take advantage of it. Um, there's a story, uh, I think about a month, maybe six weeks ago. I'll introduce you to this couple. Uh, Catalin Onk and Elena Engelhart. Uh, good friends of mine. <laughs> not, not really. No, I, uh, the, they, they run an account together uh, on Instagram, uh, traveling around the world. Uh, putting up some professional-looking photos to their 44,000 followers around the world. And a lot of times, you know, uh, like odd photos and odd places and really unique stuff. And, and uh, cool destinations, you know, Bali, Indonesia, Nepal, France, Italy. And, uh, but they got a little bit of backlash. They launched a GoFundMe page for their bike trip from Germany to Africa. The continent. Like nowhere specific, just Africa. I don't know if you've seen a globe, Africa's huge. 
And, and I, I fundamentally have an issue of like saying we're going from a country to a continent. Like it would really be really nice to know like what country on the continent, like do we know geography here? But they received a lot of backlash against this and they kind of went from internet darlings to some pretty rough commentary. Uh, their GoFundMe page asked for 10,000 euros to be raised, uh, to, which is about $11,000 US, uh, to cover their accommodations on this bike trip, uh, which included SIM cards for their cell phones uh, and even the bikes they were going to use, some food and so forth. And, and they received a lot of backlash because this is how they packaged their um, we'd like everybody to share in, in their money. This trip, this is their quote. Our trip is a celebration of life. This is how I imagine them saying this, so I'm going to use a different voice. This is how I imagine this sounding like, it's a celebration of life as we ride freely across mountains, by the sea, and through metropolitans. We will show the beauty of this planet and its inhabitants, but also the ugliness. They also included in there, we're about less talking and more action and promise that together we can make a difference. Uh, then the couple shared their campaign on Facebook where they admitted they don't work uh, and fund their trips thanks, uh, thanks to his mom who works two jobs and has never traveled before. Their response to the backlash, some will tell us to get jobs like everyone else, but when you have the impact we do on others' lives, getting a job is not an option. He wrote in a now deleted post, uh, there's one wise decision, deleting that post. Um, he also said, we can model and make fast money but we don't want to advertise consumerism. And here's my favorite quote. Uh, I'm like, you got a lot of tattoos, dude. This is the one you need to get. Uh, a normal job at this point would be detrimental. <laughs> and then below that, they posted how to contact them for modeling opportunities. I think they're, I think they're on to something. Uh, <laughs> So, I decided to start my own GoFundMe account. Um, go to the next slide, Warren. This is for the NBC <laughs> Associate Ministry Humvee. $125,000. I feel like if I were able to drive this around town and get the word out about our church, uh, this would be not only a worthwhile cause, uh, to support, um, but it would fulfill a lifelong dream of mine. <laughs> for 15 years, I asked for a youth ministry Humvee in the budget, and I never received one, and, and I feel like this is the opportunity uh, that I've been missing out on. Uh, if that's too ostentatious for you, uh, I've got another one going um, <laughs> for black pocket t-shirts. Um, <laughs> Very useful, very utilitarian. If you've seen me during the week, you know this is my standard uniform. And if that's too selfish, I've got this one. Um, my taco fund. 
um, I'd like to take some folks out for lunch and grab some tacos. And uh, so if you'd like to fund, you guys don't think I actually created these. They're there. You can look them up. You scroll down on the YouVersion app and uh, you can support any one of those funds today. <laughs> we, we joke around, but, but the truth is we do this in the church too. Um, a lot of church times, like some of you are looking up your phones like, DJ's getting some tacos this week. <laughs> um, now, the truth is in the church world, and I, I've seen this firsthand, and, I, and I've, I'm guilty of doing this myself. Um, looking at the Acts 2 church and saying, we're going to duplicate this. We're not a cheap knockoff, but we're going to try and recapture the lightning in the bottle here. And in the church world, a lot of times we look at Acts chapter 2 and what's going on there in the lives of the early church and the lives of the believers that, that gave their life to Christ after Pentecost and we look at it as a blueprint. We look at it as a blueprint, and, and almost like it's an equation, right? If we do this, we get this. If we do more of this, we get more of this. We want the end result of God bless the numbers every day. So if we just plug in the pieces into this formula, that's how this works. If we just do more of X and more of Y and more of Z, we get more of this. <clears throat> so we meet together. And we say, okay, if we meet together, God will bless our numbers. Well, it doesn't, it's not happening, so we'll just meet together more. And then obviously God will bless our numbers. Or we say, well, we break bread together whether we want to or not. We'll break bread together. I don't like the person that I just got the communion tray from. I, I, you know, we're not getting along. We're not talking to each other. But, but yeah, we'll pass the communion tray to each other because if we do that, then God will, obviously, he has to bless us, and he has to bless this church. Well, we're gathered together and God hasn't blessed our number, if we just throw some better teaching in there, it, it, or, or some teaching in there, hey, if we throw, if we read a couple more scriptures, God will have to bless us, and, and we'll grow and we'll get bigger. You, you see how all this is outside in? Hey, if we talk about the great things, the great programs we have, we'll, we'll have to get bigger. We'll have to get blessed. Like that, we just need to spend more time talking about the things that we've done here or the great programs we have or, or the numbers that we can cross off of our checklist. Or when it comes to generosity, we say, well, we aren't seeing those acts to results, so we're just going to ask people just to, to give more. Give be comfortable with what you give, but just give more. And if we just give more, these things will happen. God, God will have to bless this gathering. God will bless this community if we just give more. Or we, we slap some scripture on it. 
we say, well, there's three or more gathered here, so obviously God is at the center of this. Well, Scripture says, right? You just gather some people, and obviously God's there and present. These were all tough things that I had to hear. These are all tough things to read because, because when we look at this as a church, we build conferences around this and write books about this from the outside in. We say, well, they did this, so we'll do this too, and we'll get the same results. We'll do the exact same things, and it, it has to happen. And the problem is, is we're looking from the outside in. We're looking at the results and we don't understand why that Acts 2 church was like that. The Acts 2 church was moved by the Holy Spirit at its center. Let's read the passage before Acts 42. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to the Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off and all for whom the Lord will call, the Lord God will call. This scripture shows a people broken by the fact that they had crucified Jesus. They were so broken that they completely surrendered themselves through baptism, which is death of the old self and birth of the new self. They gave up their lives. That's how they convicted they were by the Holy Spirit. And they built new lives and they were powered and guided by the Holy Spirit. The hero of Acts is the Holy Spirit. The key to the success of the church was that it's centered around the power of God in action. <clears throat> what we tend to see as a blueprint, the Bible presents as the fruit of or the result of the presence of God and the Holy Spirit here. We, we look at the Acts 2 church and this is what we see. They were convicted by the Holy Spirit. They were committed or devoted to teaching, fellowship, and prayer. The fruit of this devotion was a sense of awe at what was being accomplished. The fruits of this awe was generosity. Selling what they, to a point where they were selling what they pay for to provide for others. The fruit of their generosity was praise for God. You see how all this points back to being fueled by the Holy Spirit. The fruit of their praise 
was God saved more and more every day and added to their number every day. They were committed to teaching, fellowship, and prayer, or they were convicted by the Spirit. The fruit of that was they were committed to teaching, fellowship, and prayer. The fruit of that, was, uh, of that devotion was a sense of awe. The fruit of that sense of awe was generosity. The fruit of their generosity was praise. And the fruit of their praise was God sent more to them every day. The Acts church here in chapter 2 was moved by the Spirit. They followed the example of Jesus Christ. And they were powered by the holiness of God. That's what they sought. And, and so when it comes to us and it comes to the, to the way that, that we gather and it comes to the way that we seek community in our lives, the question is asked, what can I do to change the world? And I think what Acts 2 points out here is, is that's the wrong question. Acts 2 reframes that question to say, how do we join God in changing the world? It's not what do I do to change the world. It's what do we do in partnership with God to bring his kingdom here on earth? I asked Riley, this is so ingrained in our mind to think uh, in terms of like uh, my personal savior, right? And, and that's not how the Acts 2 church thought or functioned. And that, that's a fundamental difference that we have in our culture versus the, the church that we see in Acts chapter 2. It, it's not about the I or the me. It's, I asked um, Riley to change the lyrics to our songs today to remove I and me from it, and, and sometimes we're just so used to that we still go with it, right? The Acts 2 church didn't focus on the I. That's what our culture tries to do when they replicate the church, right? They focus on the I. What can I get from the team? If I wear this jersey, they're going to win today. How many of you guys have said that before? My bad. You can blame some of the Chargers' losses on me and my Eric Weddle jersey. <laughs> when it comes to our interests, what do I like to do? What are, what are my hobbies? And then I'll just ask God to kind of show up there. Or what can I contribute towards? What makes me feel good to, to put my money into? Well, I like this. I don't like this. So I'm... This might be a little challenging over here for me. I'm not sure if I trust where every dime is going to go, but over here feels safe, right? It, the replication is about the I, and the church that duplicates, it's kind of about the we. It's, well, what can we do to make this work? What can we, the people, do to try and make this holy? You see the fundamental problem there? What can we do to make this holy? It's the wrong question. What we see here in Acts chapter 2, and the, the convicting part for me, and I hope the convicting part for we, is that this changes the I and we and replaces it with us. 
us being him and we. We partner with God. If we want to see change in the world, we have to start with an us mentality. We are partners with God's Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is already doing and how the Holy Spirit is already moving. And we're allowed to join in on that. It's not about what we can accomplish on our own. It's about what we can do under the power of Christ. We follow Christ's example. It's not about what we do as a collective. It's about how we are the hands and feet of the body of Christ. That's how we see change in the world. It's the us. God is, with Christ as the head of the body and us as the hands and feet working together. That's what we see in the Acts 2 church and that's our our call and conviction today. We gather to lift up God's word. We gather around his communion table. We elevate him in prayer and worship. And as the Holy Spirit is the center of that, as the Holy Spirit is what draws us in and fuels us with a fruit that is born out of the life change of us lifting up God's word and and, and breaking bread together and elevating him in prayer and worship, the life change, the fruit that is born out of that, we celebrate with awe and with wonder what the Holy Spirit can accomplish in the lives of, uh, of his body, in the communities that we're a part of. We follow that awe and wonder with radical acts of Christ-likeness. Sometimes we like to focus on the danger and we forget the Christ and the radical. I think there's an inherent danger there, and I think what we see here, the setup that we see here in Acts 2, is we follow the fruit of what the Holy Spirit is doing with the radical Christ-likeness. We're followers of Christ. We allow our radical acts, our dangerous acts, the things that we don't have a safety net for, the things that we cannot do on our own, that are entirely fueled by the Holy Spirit. And we praise God together. And if we really want to change the world, we share those stories with those seeking a gathering, seeking a community. We tell what the Holy Spirit has done. We talk about the radical acts of Christ our Savior, He died on a cross for our sins and was resurrected and went through all of that so that he could be the head of our church body and that we can be his hands and feet in action in the world. We share those stories (laughs) with those that seek that community, that seek that change in their lives and that change in the world. So let's do this. We've committed ourselves to fellowship together. 
we've worshiped together, we've shared from the word today, we're going to close out today with breaking bread together, just like the church did. And it's not about the physical act. We're going to ask the communion servers to take their place. It, 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 the meal looks different. But the idea is the same. We're going to talk about the power of Christ's example and his sacrifice as we remember his broken body and spilled blood together. I'm going to share stories today and be in awe and wonder of what the Holy Spirit has done in the lives of the people who have been committed to Christ, who have been powered by the Holy Spirit. And so as we, as we gather around and we follow the example of Christ and, and breaking bread together and, and, and we see the Acts 2 church, we understand this isn't a cheap replica. This isn't a duplication. This is us, put, us responding to the Holy Spirit and what it's done in our lives. This is us reminding ourselves of the power of Christ, our example, our leader. And this is us seeking a holy moment that can only happen and can only exist if God is in the center of this gathering. Let us pray together.